I'm so excited to be here. It's a plum pleasing pleasure as well as a privilege. Uh, <laughs> yes, and back at you, sir. And to all of us who get to be with you today, thank you for being on the panel show. Hey, John! <laughs> Hello, Pamela. Great to be here. Super excited. How are you doing? Oh, it is so exciting. Well, everybody, this is John Tallarico. Welcome back to The Pamela Show, where we learn and we grow together. Today, I have my dear friend, Deidre Calcote, as my very special guest. Deidre lives an amazing life. And I say that because she lives her life serving others. And all the things that have happened throughout her life that could have caused her to be bitter or depressed. She has allowed those lemons to be made into lemonade. And today, she is going to pour into you. Yes, into you. You are going to get some gold nuggets from her that are going to bless you and some things that you can use to help others as well. So get out your pad and paper and get ready because Deidre is going to take us to school. Come on in, Deidre! so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Pamela. It is a blessing to have you. Now, I have a quote for you. I like to call them empowerment quotes. Mm -hmm. And this one says, create your legacy and pass the baton. Woo! I love that quote. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm thinking about not just like family, family, but that what I'm doing, what you're doing right now, Deidre, and, and even the topic that you're going to be discussing today, mm -hmm. it, it creates the, uh, a way to pass that baton. And when we are, we don't leave a legacy, we live a legacy, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then what we are living, we're passing the baton right now as we're handing it off to people that that are divinely coming across her path, our path. And so for me, living and leaving a legacy and passing the baton is a powerful statement about how I'm living my life right now. What does that empowerment quote speak to you? Okay, Billie Jean King, let me tell you, I yes. went back, yes. But, but really, it, um, that quote means a lot to me as well. Um, one of the things I have always said to teams that I lead uh, is I'm, I'm getting long in the tooth. So learn and, and grow from me so that when I'm gone, you won't think about what I should have, what you should have asked Deidre. And so it means a whole lot to me when I talk about, as you said, not just family, not just leaving other people with some nuggets, 
but letting people know, I, I get it. You know, life is short. Let's do this now. Let me give you what I have. And it really warms my heart, that quote, because I have um, been blessed with people in my life who will tell me, who have come back after years and said, you told me this, you did this, you said that, and I've never forgotten it. And so to me, that's passing the baton. And it will be a time when I am no longer using my voice to do what I have done. And when that day comes, then I am, I feel fulfilled. We call it in my, they call it holding court. So Deidre holds court, which means she's running her mouth too much, you know, as I see it. But it, it's a time when I can talk and, and share my, my growth and share what I know and what I feel and what has been given to me to share. And so, Pamela, that quote, wow, wow, is massive. I think it's massive, too, you know. And I love what you said about holding court. And I think about the old days, like in the old Bible days, how the patriarchs and the matriarchs would like hold court before they would transition out and that they would speak a blessing over all those, their children, family, whoever, people that worked with them, and that they would impart wisdom. They would give instructions. Certain people would be responsible for this and certain people responsible for that. And in essence, they were passing that baton. And as you were speaking about that and talking about holding court, that's immediately what I thought of was that, that the matriarchs and patriarchs of old and how they literally did that and literally passed that baton. And it's an art, isn't it? It's an art. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, now I'm not a wise one, I don't believe, but I live to laugh. And so when, <laughs> when people, when, when people come around me, <laughs> she's not a wise one, strike it from the record. You are very, very wise. And mm. you love to laugh. Okay, keep going. Oh, I love to laugh. Thank you. Thank you. And so that's the part I believe people come to me. They would stand in my doorway. And I think the positive uplifting of laughter and smiling really makes people feel warm. I, I had a young man to walk into my office and say, I, it, back then I was Ransom. Are you Deidre Ransom? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he said, my dad heard you from the other room and said, go in there. That's Deidre Ransom. I heard her laugh. You know what? That's the best compliment in my life to me. I mean, if you can can remember me for my laugh, wow, right? Mm, absolutely. That's huge. And, you know, you said the warm and endearing part, and that is so you. And I know that our audience right now is feeling that from you. And so I could get so carried away and just start blah, 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 and just start having this conversation with you and then forget to properly introduce you. <laughs> and I know everyone would be feeling that warm and endearing uh, warm fuzzies and probably wouldn't even care, but I would care later. So without any other further ado, I would like you, Miss Deidre, my dear friend. Tell us, 
who you are. I am Deidre Calcote, and I am a transformational life coach. And I have decided that my niche is the um, adoption triad. And what I mean by that, and when you see a triangle, it's the child, it's the birth family, and it's the adoptive family. And so I fit into two out of those three categories. I have never been a birth parent. I was not blessed to have a child, but I have a beautiful adopted daughter. And that is very important to me. And so I know this not just from my life, but I also know this from my work. I was a late discovery adoptee. And so I learned after I was an adult that I had been adopted. I didn't know growing up. And so knowing who I am now is very important. And I want to assist and support others to know who they are. I've worked in the behavioral health system. I've worked in child welfare. I've worked in the juvenile justice system. I've worked in the developmental disability system. You see, told you I'm getting long in the tooth. And so I feel like those things that I know and I believe that it is the right time, I'm ripe for the picking to support others in those. And I forget sometimes that I've been an administrator in several of those systems. In fact, I was the first African-American uh, administrator over permanency here in Arizona, over the state of Arizona. And what an honor and a blessing that was. And so I can support other administrators who are finding themselves feeling heavy right now. And I call them leaders, a leader in any of those systems who is looking to coach and talk with someone who can support them. I might be the person. Wow, I would say you are the person. That is amazing. Your life experience on top of the wisdom and your willingness to pour back out is fascinating, fascinating. Not everybody would look at a system like uh, like adoption and, and that, you know, I always say when you let God be the compass of your life, he'll take, he'll show, show you due north. He'll point it out to you, right? And when you let him be the compass for your family, he brings you your family and he knows how best to do that. But when it comes to adoption, you have that unique perspective, which really ties in, doesn't it? Yes. All parts of that triangle, all parts, and how important all parts are. And I can appreciate, I so appreciate your transparency about that and being willing to, uh, yes, yeah, step into that place and help so many which kind of brings us up to the topic that's on your heart. And it's a hard topic, but I should say it's a heavy topic, right? It's a heavy topic, but it is huge and needed to be discussed and not just quoted, not just talked about because we're, we quoted at the beginning of this show, the passing of the baton, which means legacies need to be carried forward, right? But in order for a legacy to be carried forward, there needs to be somebody to carry it. Yes. And that brings right up to jumping into your topic for today. And that is suicide prevention. Yes. Man, is that an important aspect 
of passing the baton, that knowledge of prevention and that knowledge of awareness. So can you just, you know, just take the stage and run with it and share your knowledge with us. If you don't have paper and pen, you should get it. I've got mine right here. I'll be taking notes. Share and unpack that for us. Sure. So I want to give you a little bit of my history. And that is the person that I will be, the reason that I am a suicide interventionist was someone who was near and dear to my life, who made several attempts, who gave me permission many years ago to use the story of that person. And I'm doing my best to protect whether it's male or female. So please forgive my slowness in this, but I need to be clear. Um, I lived the life of being afraid that when I'd come home, I might find this person mm -hmm. dead, that I might find this person no longer alive. And for a while there, I was a very angry participant in that. And that is not, that's, when we know better, we do better, right? Right. I, I did the best I knew then. And I became, now the person did not die by suicide. And let me, let me just tell you, words are powerful. And so when you say a person committed suicide, committed is a crime. And that's just another bias and stigma oh. on a person, Right. We don't think about that sometimes. And so I ask people to please put an X through committed. If someone that you know has passed on by suicide, who has died by suicide, let's rethink our language around that. And so I have become a suicide interventionist. I learned how to stay on what they call the dark side with people. And when I did, I learned of so many young people who were in the foster care system, who had other behavioral health, big behaviors that would support them believing that they had no worth here. And so I learned how to look with people and stay with them on the dark side. And so my nugget for you is this, when people start to give away things that are important to them, when they start to make arrangements for their animals, when they give you their pride and joy, the shirt that they love, the picture on the wall, please ask them questions, watch them. Now, it's not our job to make sure that they don't die by suicide. It's our job to connect them to services. And so if you say to a person, are you thinking about suicide? You're not going to make them think about suicide if they're not. What that does is make them feel that somebody is hearing them and why they want to make a permanent decision for something that could be temporary. And then I call it rocking and rolling with that person. Now, if they have a plan or if they have attempted you need to call behavioral health. You need to have someone who is higher and knows more about this than we do. But if they're just having thoughts, if they're thinking that 
They're, and they're giving away things and they're thinking um, and in a state of depression. You, you wanna do your best to rock and roll with them. So they may say to you, yeah, my, I'm no longer with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't, I got poor grades. Nobody loves me. Sometimes we say to people, that's silly talking. Don't, don't talk like that. Don't say those things. Well, that really isn't helpful. And what would be helpful is to listen. And usually when you listen and let them say what's bothering them, they will come to a point where they will start talking about what's important to them. So they'll start talking about their cat or their dog or their friends or something that's important to them, how they like to cook. And so you have supported them through. And now it's time to make a plan with them on how to keep them safe and how to keep them alive. Mm. You said some very powerful things. Number one, do not say committed. That, like, I'm sure you saw that my expression when you said that. I've never heard that, Deidre, but it makes so much sense. Wow. You also said, don't be afraid to ask them if they're thinking about taking their life. That's right. And I want people to hear that because I've been in those situations in my life where there's been somebody that, that that's been questioned. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the elephant in the corner that nobody wants to address. Yeah. Nobody wants to say those words. Are you thinking of ending your life? Are you thinking of taking your life? Are you thinking of hurting yourself? And what you just said from a professional standpoint is giving liberty to loved ones and friends and coworkers yeah. to have that straight up conversation with somebody that is expressing behaviors. And, and that was the other part was the behaviors. You, you, you just shouted them right out at us. People giving away things, mm -hmm. their favorite shirt, looking for a place for their favorite animal. Um, different things like that to be aware of it and not to be afraid to talk to them about it. Deidre, do you find that talking to them about it, it gets rid of that elephant in the corner? Like, do they come to a place where, where maybe even if they don't right away say, yeah, I, I actually am thinking about that, but will they begin to kind of, uh, unfold or unpack all that start to become transparent with the person who's actually cares enough to not hide behind fear or to kind of rah, 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 rah about it but to be straight up and honest and say you're doing this and this and I'm wondering if you're thinking these thoughts what has been your opinion and I shouldn't say opinion your experience dealing with a person or people that are in that situation when they're talked to straight up being yes. very forward do they do they get honest about it and talk about it or what do you do if they if they say no i'm not but you know that they are or if they look at you and they say yes i am 
I know our audience is going, yeah, okay, so what do I do? <laughs> yes. So how can you coach us in this? And, and so I, I want to be real clear. Not everyone is going to ask for assistance and support. Some people are beyond asking, but the majority of the time when people are, and I'm telling you things that I have learned that have been studied, not just things that I've heard. These are studies that show that these are the facts around this. So what, to answer your question, yes, what we have found is, and the people that I have talked to, young, older, no matter what race, color, creed, it doesn't matter. They now know when you have said those words to them and they tell you, nope, then you're going to lovingly say to them, I'm here if you want to talk. I'm here. And they will know that you are safe, that you are a safe place to be, that they can talk to you, that you will support them in getting the help, that the, the assistance that they need That's to get so better, to heal, to see the value in their life. Again, and so when they say something like that to you and you're like, they're like, yep, I'm thinking about it. What do I do? And of course, inside you're going to say, oh God, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And that's when you breathe yourself and you say to them, okay, we're going to get through this together. First of all, I want you to make a plan with me. If they say to you, I have a plan, I'm going to use a knife, then the first thing you want to talk with them about is, okay, we're going to remove the knives. We're, 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 going to, we're going to keep you safe. And then we're going to call the person of your choice, your mental health provider, your therapist. We're going to find someone who can support you through this. And I'm going to walk beside you all the way through this. And that's the way to get through it. It's not easy, but I believe I would prefer to rock and roll with that dark side than to know that the person is gone because I was unable to. And sometimes you feel like, Lord, this can't be placed on my plate right now, but it is. And you're not gonna be given that type of assignment if you can't do it, it wouldn't come to you if you couldn't. It ain't easy. It is hard. Just know that you can do this. And let me tell you, I, I'm here. I'm willing to support. I have put on my Facebook page every once in a while, hey, I'm here. I'm a suicide interventionist. And especially with what's going on in the world right now, sometimes people lose hope. And when we lose hope, it's those of us who haven't lost hope, who I believe need to breathe life into those that have. Ascend Above the Crowd is the newest course by Pamela Hinkle. Ascend is a self-paced email course that will come directly to your inbox and will change your mindset and your life. Each week, you will receive lessons, resources, challenges, and journal writings that will help you discover your purpose by design. It's your time to ascend above the crowd.
To learn more about Ascend, go to www.purposewithpamela.com forward slash Ascend. Oh my goodness, wasn't that amazing? I told you that Deidre was going to bring it home, bring the fire, and she did. One thing I forgot to mention to you during the intro was that Deidre is also one of the Unscripted Voices Academy mentors. So your children or your friend's children or your grandchildren or whoever will be taught by her, which I can I can assure you, and I know you agree, that will be a bonus for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking time to hear all of this wealth of wisdom, these pearls and jewels that Deidre shared with us today. Now, go on out there and be the salt and the light everywhere you go. Thanks. See you next time on The Pamela Show. 